Minds Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Travis Weeks. We have an ill, dope, special guest in the building, the experiential producer of Translations, Miss Yaya Mazurkovich. Yes, Nunez. Nunez. Well, I'm not the only one. There's there's three other producers, execu- uh, experiential producers, and then, then there's a head of the department, which is Katie Longmire, and then a couple of other senior people in that department. But yes, I am one of them. No, <laughs> so yeah, um, I always talk about like you know when we have a guest come on, um, we try to touch on why we brought them on and whatnot. Um, for what we do, I love the world of uh, experiential marketing. I love event production. I love the art of um, just designing experiences. And I've been to a few events and I've seen the same girl just around, just running shit. I always asked her, most recent event, the HBO event, mm-hmm. I saw you. It's incredible, by the way. I paid attention. I'm like, yo, who is this person? Been seeing her for a while now. I know we have mutual friends. And um, yeah, she um, she does this. She designs these experiences that we love. And um, I, I was just happy to finally have Yaya when I definitely um, sent her a message. We had to put, the, put a tweet out. And say, I'm starting a petition to get Yaya on the podcast. That's what I had to do to get her her attention, and it was definitely worth it. So thanks again for being on the show. I'm glad that I replied. (laughs) I'm happy that it wasn't a DM because... I don't respond well to DMs, but I'm happy that it was. Even for business? Even if there's like, like an opportunity... If you need to find me, and it's, it's, a, it's for business, um, and it's for me, you'll find my email. Mm. You'll ask somebody for my email. And if, if you can't ask somebody for my email, that means that they don't want to give you my email. Or that means that they asked me if they could give me your email, and I said no. Yeah. So, like, so, like, if it's not, yeah, there, there's a thousand ways to reach me. And for business, the, the closest that I'll do to business on DM is, like, if you want to send me free clothes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I'll respond to some free clothes DMs, that but that's about as far as I'll go. Yeah, I Or like if that. like if like it's it's really just somebody that's like amazing, and I see their content or like whatever, oh, okay. whether it be like Twitter yeah. or so Instagram, you gotta kinda like, and I'm like, I right. like if if my friends follow you back, like if I see some kind of legitimacy to your shit, but gotcha. very rarely do I respond to some business like um, DM things. Oh, okay. So I just I just, I just realized that's unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not unprofessional because I've reached out to people via DM. It's just mm-hmm. that like it depends on who it's coming from and what's written. It's, like, a, like, it's a vetting process. At that yeah, point. yeah, exactly. A vetting process, and I'm very particular. That's dope. But yeah. <laughs> so y'all see why I had to send that <laughs> <laughs> to the masses. I'm like, glad oh, that you did. I'm glad that you, you know did because that, that that and I was very active on Twitter that day. So you did right. Like that's called strategic hey, thinking, right timing. there. Yep. Hey, give me two. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, currently my title is experiential producer at the ad agency, um, translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that I concept and develop and execute, uh, consumer experiences for brands or for our own interest. Um, that's anything from, um, sitting down and with my peers talking about like how to speak to always most than likely the target is like a millennial person um in so many different ways sometimes that's social sometimes it's real life sometimes it's a really small budget sometimes it means wrapping a vehicle and driving around manhattan and like doing influencer interactions or sometimes it's a massive event like the hbo one that you went to um and i'm currently working on a different part of 
the translation business. Um, you guys will hear about it soon, but we're developing something around music um, that I'm very nice. excited about. Uh, I can't wait to actually talk about it, but uh, that's what I'm focusing all my energy towards right now. Yeah. That's, that's super dope. That's dope. So real yeah. briefly, like, mm -hmm. how did you, let's just take a little step back. How did you uh, get your feet wet? Um, in experiential marketing? I started working in nightlife and hospitality. So I used to be a cocktail waitress, a hostess, a maitre d', a door girl, mm. uh, you name it. The only thing that I never was was like a busboy or a barback. But I've been a bartender, I've done bottle service, um, I've done all that stuff. So that's yeah. how I got like into the whole world of like actual experiences because mm -hmm. that is what you are creating when you're in a nightclub you're you're somehow building an experience with somebody and i got to work with people um that brought in other people that mm -hmm. brought me here so particularly um a gentleman named adam towers is a person that hired me at the maritime hotel and he's like this crazy like australian man um and he like let me do whatever the fuck I wanted there. And then he got he got me my job at another place called Super Linda, which is where I met um, one of the most important figures of my life, which is Katie Longmire. And okay. she brought me into this world. So um, I, I worked as an intern for her for about a year. She taught me a whole bunch of shit. We built a whole bunch of dope shit. Then she actually hired me. Um, and then I did a whole bunch of freelance stuff. And then um, she also got me my job at Translation. So I'm very thankful for my main mentor. She has like taught me a lot, but the world of nightlife and hospitality is really what like got me there. That's dope. And in, in, in change with that, like how did you transition? Cause nightlife is, there's a certain appeal. There's, you're, you're communicating with people on a, uh, on a sensory level. Mm -hmm. How did you begin to, no pun intended, translate that to kind of like you know daytime experiential marketing because you say like you go out you wrap cars some days mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and drive around the city mm -hmm. how, how do some of those skills uh, move over every single day well like a lot of what we do is like locations people what people like mm -hmm. and like I thankfully know so much about what people like because of all those experiences and then also where to go what to do how to treat things comes with all of that like if you ask me for a venue that has like an outdoor patio in brooklyn i'll give you 50 on top of the head and that's because i worked in all those places mm -hmm. um so it's just like that experience reflects itself so much in like my everyday life now um and then also like it it gives me an upper hand on my coworkers that have been sitting behind a desk or in college for a long time because i can tell you that like kids aren't really drinking Michner's rye, but they are drinking Jameson and Powers. And so that'll change your bar setup and just little little things yeah. that will affect it. Or like the room flow won't work if you um, put a, 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 something that'll block the entryway right there. And I know that because I worked in, in nightlife. Or if you want to catch somebody's attention as soon as you walk in, you have to have somebody there. Um, it's just like people placement. There's like little miniature things that yeah. you that you that you nuance. catch on to. Exactly, exactly. Or like I can tell you how many drinks somebody can can drink in an hour. I can tell you how many pours wow. you can do. I can save you money by cutting down like alcohol counts and pours. Like there's a, there's just so many different That's, ways. Wow. Like just like by working at a bar, you literally can just capture so many things. And while you're into. learning all of this, do you realize that you were? A, a, absorbing no, all of this information definitely or? not okay. definitely not definitely not because i never knew what i wanted to do i just knew that i wanted to be a creative and i also knew that i liked to change how people feel about things and mm. i like to like 
move people around without them knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to make stuff. That's all I knew. Like, I knew that I like to make stuff, and I knew that I liked... I don't like people, and it's, I actually avoid people, but I like fucking with people. Mm-hmm. Like, I like... like so, so, that's, like, those are just, like, things that I knew that I liked. And then when I met... Um, Katie and like all of her people and started me introducing like myself to like this whole new world. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And so like even at translation, I'm like I'm not just a producer. Like I get pulled in for creative. I get pulled in for strategy. I get pulled in for social. I get pulled in for so many different things just because like I love to learn and I love to like see new things and like you'll be surprised how much like a dropout from the Bronx, which is me, can contribute to like a massive idea that like some dudes that attended like Ivy League schools because because I'm the person that they're talking to so that's the most important part that we all have to remember that like we're all trying to get ahead of the game but like we are the market so exactly I'm the I'm the ideal person for what you're trying to make so so uh, to piggy to piggyback off this and I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead but can you talk about an experience where you were the fish out of water and how you adapted to that because currently it's kind of like flipped on its head right like you have all of this wealth of experience that you develop working in nightlife that other individuals who sit behind a desk and mm-hmm. have attended all these mm-hmm. universities etc don't have but had there ever been a situation where you you didn't feel um like as confident like and and there was kind of like a learning that was mm-hmm. going on like mm-hmm. talk about one of those i mean there's there's this thing like if you feel like you're the smartest person and you feel like you have all the answers you need to get the fuck out. So mm. I've never felt like I knew everything. I've always felt capable of learning anything, though. Mm. So like my first, um, my first month at translation, I was working under um, a now dissolved uh, team, which was um, cultural experiences. And half of that was like experience, like production, and then the other half of it was like strategy. And so. Um, the guy that led up the strategy part of it uh, was leaving for two weeks to go to California and he had to hand in this very big um, guerrilla marketing strategy plan uh, for the client. Like they requested it, they needed it, the event needed it. Um, and I had never fucking done that shit. I just know that this dude pulled me into a room and he's like, yeah, yeah, how do you feel about strategy? And I'm like, uh, I could think strategically, whatever. I didn't really know what he was asking me. I was like, I was literally straight out of like nightlife first month at an ad agency. And he's like, okay, so this is the brief. He briefed me. They needed several different things. Um, I did a whole bunch of reading overnight about what a guerrilla fucking marketing plan <laughs> is. Because I had been doing guerrilla marketing plans right. the yeah. entire time, the doing other things. Yeah. I just didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what like that it was called that. Because we call like that, like... We just call it marketing for yeah. us, for us underground people. Like when we like, so I applied all the things that I already knew that we did in nightlife and in all the other events that we produced before that. And I was like, okay, so this is what you want. You want me to put my twist on it. It was to my advantage that it was in the Bronx and that's where I'm from. Um, and that I'm also Hispanic Latin. And that was the market that we were, ta- that we were talking to because it was on JLo's first uh, show ever in the Bronx. So for State Farm, it was called State Farm Neighborhood Sessions 1. Wow. That was my first project at Translation. Um, and so... I looked at how all the other work that the that the um that the program had been like working on like looked like. I was like, okay, so this is your font, this is your style guide. 
these are the things that you're interested in. These are your target markets. And I just looked at it. And then I'm like, all right, this is what this guy needs. I didn't sleep for about four days. Um, I stayed until the office for the first time that late. That was my first time staying that late. But then I, I, I've stayed at work until seven in the morning. I have no problem with working overnight. Um, so, because if you want it, and you're the underdog, you got to be there. But I, I remember building this fucking graph that was like just a, a rollout plan. And like I did it by hand and I'm not a designer. Mm. And so that usually would be a designer. I remember just building this deck from scratch. It was like 30, 40 slides. First deck, first strategy deck ever. And he came back and my boss, my other boss was there. And they're like, okay, show us what you've been working on. And... I showed it to them and they were blown the fuck away. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And I was like, I was like, I made that graph myself. Like we should probably get a designer. They're like, no, that looks professional. Like that looks good. And I was wow. like, oh, tight. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, is this wording appropriate? They're like, no, that's exactly how we talk. And I'm like, oh, okay. And like, I thought that they would have a thousand edits. They might have fixed two things. They might have, like, I think they were like, cut down like your radio role as to like just this amount of time or whatever, like just like minor tweaks. Yeah. And they sent that deck directly from my hands to the client and wow. they like, they presented that. And I was shocked. That was my first like big deck, my first like big thing, and I had never done what that. Did, what did that do to you, like mentally? Did was that kind of like a weight off at that point, or kind of like it, a, it made a, me a, feel like I belonged there? Yeah. Because before that, before that, I wasn't so sure. Mm. I was, I was, I, my my title at the time was um, assistant to cultural experiences. Like I wasn't even supposed to be doing any of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and the fact that they were like, mm, come here, do this is another really dope thing that I really like about um, where I work. It's the fact that like they see people and they get a feeling about you and they'll pull you into things even if that's not your role or your title or whatever. Sometimes they just need help. But um, that made me feel like I belonged in the advertising world and I was like, okay, I got what it takes. If I could do this one little thing, I could do anything else they put in front of me. And it's been, that, it's been like that. And if I'm ever not able to do something, I say so. And that's another thing. You have to be willing to be like, no, that's not in my lane. That's not what I want to do. Do not put me in that box. I don't want to do that shit. Um, and you have to just be outspoken and confident and not be scared to learn and stay up and fucking study. Like, I read so much. I don't like reading novels. I don't like reading, like, fairy tale books like fuck a Harry Potter, although I, I, I did grow up watching Harry Potter because my mom is obsessed, but like I've never been into that. Um, I've more like been into like educational reading. Like yeah, I know so many, not, not even self-help, but like it's personal advancement, yeah, in like so many different ways. But like I read like the national status of Caribbean countries. I, I read like random shit. Like mm. I want to know facts like about things. That's what I'm interested in, knowing facts. Like, like you must if I'm be gonna an excellent be, conversationalist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, that's another thing. Like you have to be able to talk to people for long periods of time, and like you have to have like an extensive amount of information. And I have an extensive amount of information about random shit, though, like a random shit. Like, yeah. like I'll be sitting at a bar, and somebody will be like, "I wonder how that works," and I'm like, "Well, actually, the nitrogen." <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 it, being being fluent and fluid in a lot of conversations is super important as well. Yeah. I know you this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, did you figure out that point? Because like, as a creative coming up, like, especially somebody like you who started the nightlife, you kind of don't know where you want to go, right? You don't know what your title is. Like, 
I, I've experienced that. I know many creators have experienced that. But at that moment, you feel like, okay, this is what I am. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that? Or? Um, I didn't... I felt like it was more defining as far as like defining that I that I had what it took to do whatever it needed to, whatever needed to happen not a defining moment in like this is what, like this is the thing that I want to do because that would be particularly strategy although I love it it's not what I want to do right. um so it's it, it was just more of like a a moment of like relief and confidence and like oh shit I can really do anything so for somebody who's been like who started in nightlife and um, you were able to expand and grow into the experience, do you realize in the moment that you you are you are living the extension of yourself, like you are doing what you love? Are you cognizant of that every day? And know it's, that most people in the world are like not living like that. You know? It's it's taken me a really long time. Um, to realize that mm-hmm. but like as of like the last like year and a half two years and i always talk about this i've been going through like a really big period of like um self-acceptance and a lot of like clarity and i now am able to be like i'm so blessed so thankful mm-hmm. because i'm the kind of person that i'm never i'm never satisfied like literally never like you could never offer me anything and not have me ask for a little bit more like i'm like that i'm an immigrant like i always need more (laughs) not for real like i grew up really 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 fucking poor like i need more all the time and i'm not i'm not scared to ask because and then another thing is that i'm a woman so if i don't ask for more i'm always get 25 whatever cents less than you are no matter what and like then i'm a dropout then i'm brown Yes, as I, I know I have privilege and I understand that, but I, I, you could never give me enough. I could never have enough. And that's, that's like one of the things that I have to like learn to get a grip on. Mm-hmm. And like, I have to like bring myself down, like, no, calm down. You still got more work to do. But yes, I do understand that what I'm doing is what a lot of people want to do. And it's, it's, People like write to me like goals, and I'm like, no, I'm like, this is not goals. I'm like, sis, we gotta do better. I'm like, I need to do better. Like, right, I'm right. constantly working towards like doing more. Like, I offer up to do so much shit that I don't have to do. Like, I don't have to be like building things that like interns could do, and I volunteer to do them because like, I'm just like that. Like, I I don't know. Like, I get I get that where I'm at is like really cool for a 25 year old um but not for me not for me i need more like i need to be flexing like me and diddy same mentality i always say that i always compare myself to diddy like (laughs) about like all the jobs that you had that's what right uh, well like i actually do like ever since i've been really young i've always been like me and diddy same person because (laughs) diddy has changed his name about three times and so have i Mm, and so and he's fucking crazy (laughs) and he doesn't sleep yeah, so, he, he like suffers from insomnia. He, or some yeah, shit like so that. same person, like right, right. same shit. Like, did he will wake up at four in the morning and start answering emails? Me too. Like, I love to write a good late, long, long email so that like when people wake up, <laughs> they'll be like, like, I ain't yeah. fucking with this bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if y'all see the joy like, on her face while she like, it. My um, I'm I'm really famous for my very like uh, legal language heavy because I also think I'm a fucking lawyer sometimes too. Nice. Um, <laughs> like I like to just like 
come in and I like you to know exactly where my head's at with my shit because people look at me and they don't see a person that can do the things that I can do right, and I right. get underestimated a lot so I like to just come in real strong and real aggressive all the fucking time and that's also because I'm Dominican but um <laughs> but like I like to just like start off like that like nah we working gotcha, like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna I feel this work exactly exactly because people don't expect that i have tattoos i wear uh, mad gold i got an afro yeah. like people were like uh you're from the bronx yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. they're like this this hood rat ain't about shit <laughs> um and then and then and then i show up in my shit and they're like oh yeah, you know right. what the fuck you're talking about yeah, right. um and so like we as people of color have a lot to prove to people yeah. and it is true we do have to work harder that's because true. people don't take you seriously yeah, so i live true. by that shit that's why yeah. i'm never really satisfied because i know that i have to do more for them and i know that i have to do way more for myself and they'll try to play you if you don't come in exactly exactly they'll mm. use that shit to your fucking advantage one little thing one mm. little thing they'll use that to your advantage oh like well your email was three hours late and it's like bitch exactly. did you see that though like like oh, it's exactly. just it's just you know, people people will try and take advantage of any little weak spot that they see, and you can't let them see that shit. Like you gotta just keep shining through that shit. Let's talk about this work ethic though, cause it's yeah. like it's it's crazy. Like this is what we stand for. We we feel like we building a community of go getters and whatnot, and it's like radiating from it. Like your your hustle, your your grind. Um, where does that come from? That's dead ass being an immigrant. Like mm. I've been working since I was fifteen. Mm. My first job. Um, I remember like even just saying like ma I want to work I want to work and she's like well you got to babysit the kids and I'm like well fuck the kids I want to make more money like you're not paying me like um and so I walked into like a store to buy like my little brother video games and the shop guy was just like do you want to work here and I was like are you fucking serious I was just talking about working <laughs> sir and he was like yeah and I was like he was like you seem like a convincing person I need convincing people and I'm like I'm super convincing I love lying um <laughs> I'm so good at it um, <laughs> I'm honest about my shit too I'm honest I'm also, I know what I'm good at. Um, and I, my first job was in Fordham Road in the Bronx um, selling fucking hijacked cell phones. We won't get into details how he got them. Um, and then silver. <laughs> and so well, it was, time. you know, like those, you know, you know those like silver bullying? No, like, no, no. Like silver, like medallions that drug dealers wear. Because they don't okay. really, buy, that's just not gold. It's, yeah. it's silver plated in gold. So that's what we sold. And so right next to me was an African dude that sold um, perfumes and handbags. Mm. Across from me was a dude from... He was from Bangladesh, and he sold video games. And then the guy, uh, uh, the other way across from me was from Ghana, and he sold African DVDs. Oh, and that's how like I got into that world. Like exactly, those little, those little, little tiny little malls. The yep. the and then downstairs, and then downstairs, they they sold furniture and bed sheets mm. and shit. Yeah, that gotcha. was my first job. Um, oh, so I learned how to like hustle the shit out of people at, at that place because mm. I had to I had to like increase his sales and like. A lot of motherfuckers all day long. That's all I did. Like, yeah. I used to, like, get threatened by, like, all, like, the drug dealers, like, girlfriends. Like, hmm. that's not real gold. And I'm like, bitch, I told you it's not real gold. It's plated silver. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, like, you have to, like, you have to, like, the way that, the way that like, gold and silver sold um, is, like, you weigh it and then you put, like, a cost increase yes. to it. Mm -hmm. So, you like, Part it's grand. just, there's a whole bunch of, like, shit that, like, I've learned throughout all of these little random jobs that I've had. But, like, mm. that my first job was 
that taught me a lot. Like, I learned how to, like, jailbreak, like, the first iPhone. I Like, we did sketchy shit. Um, but it, it was tight, and I'm very thankful for that. But that's, it, it comes that's from being an immigrant. That's a stick if you still jailbreak. I don't know how to do any new programming, but that was back in the day. That was the first iPhone ever. We were selling the first iPhone ever, too. Them shit was, they, you know. But um, it was, it was, it was, uh, my first job in, like, that's where, I don't know, I've always had this like really big, big will to be really good at life my whole life. Like, mm-hmm. I, because came to the U.S. when I was nine and we moved to the Bronx. Are you from Santiago? Santiago, yeah. You could tell because how I look. No, okay, no. cool. No, like, people are like, <laughs> like, I'm like, like have you been? Because uh... no, like, like, people could actually, like, you can tell where part of the DR people are from. Um, but, uh, we came here when I was nine, and we moved in with my uncle, and um, then my mom got her own apartment, but then my mom would, like, have all of my other family stay with us, so, like, you know, we grew up on welfare and, like, food stamps and um, all that shit. There would be, like, nine of us in the apartment living at one time, like, you know, I, I most of the time, I would, like, have to end up, like, sharing a bed with somebody for, like, most of, like, my younger years um it did get better as we got older we moved to a different spot and like we all each didn't have to go through that anymore but um like growing up poor and then also knowing that you have to take care of people for the rest of your life is a really big driver in making you want to like do real good because like I right now like am responsible for a lot of people and I understand that. And I'm 25 and I've been doing that for a long time. And I don't have a problem with that. And I'm very thankful that I get to do it. Like, giving my family things that they need um, makes me so happy. Like, it's, it's an incredible feeling to know that, like, this woman that sacrificed so many things for me can now, like, you know, just lean back for a second and have me, like, do these things for her is amazing. Um, and, like, that drive really comes from immigration. Like, it's one of the toughest things you could ever put somebody through. Um, and then, like, having a parent that, like, doesn't speak English is, like, another thing. And so, mm-hmm. like, it just, it just, it creates hustle. And then I come from people that have always worked. Like, my whole family's like that. Like, everybody, everybody's a hard worker in my entire family. There's no, but, like, like, very little people in my family get to say that they sit at home. And, like, even the ones that sit at home are still doing shit. Um, and I don't know. I don't come from lazy people. Nobody, every, everybody likes to work. Mm-hmm. Everybody's super creative in my family as well. Um, and it's just in me. Like, it's that immigrant mindset, that immigrant drive. Yeah. How, have you ever had to work with a brand that it didn't connect with you right away? And, and you had to, you know, kind of spend some time and wrap your mind around it so you could develop a appropriate solution? Like, what was that? Definitely. Um, I'm not going to say what brands, um, but I like am a very socially conscious person. Um, and I don't like selling things to my people that I know are going to either deteriorate their health or not really improve their economy or their well-being. Uh-huh. And, and it, it just so happens that like that's what I do for a living. And I, ha- like, I had to have like a really big moment a couple years ago. Like, you're going to have to take these briefs and you're going to have to do really good and you're going to have to make campaigns that like you know, go worldwide, even though you don't want to work on them. Um, Hmm. And some of the dopest things that I've been a part of are things that, like, I um, wouldn't, like, necessarily endorse the brand. Mm -hmm. But um, you got to do it. If you want to come up, like, you just have to do it. Like, you have to, like, kind of, like, let go of that if you're not in the position um, that you don't have to. Like, right now, I'm very thankful that, like, 
my job knows what I will and I w- what I won't, won't do and what I'll speak up for. So, like, they're not going to give me something that, like, they think that, like, I'm going to be completely against now. But back then, that wasn't like that. Back then, I had to show up to those rooms and, like, show up and, like, give my shit. And if you are a person that does not have the privilege of saying no to that, you need to do it. And you have to just give that same attention to that brand um, that you would any other brand that you're really crazy about. And I don't know, like my ideas and my creativity don't come necessarily in a room all the time. Like when I get when I get a brief, like sure we have brainstorms or whatever, but like my shit comes when I'm riding in the train in the morning and I see a girl with a nose ring. Like I don't know, like random things like trigger it. So mm-hmm. like you can't always expect yourself also to like have the best idea. And, like, it's just not like that. That's not realistic. That's why there's teams of people. Um, yeah. And it takes time, and it's course correction, and that's why you have to go through a thousand different rounds of killing stuff and then making new stuff. Um, right. but course correction. Course correction. Like, fixing something. Like, let's say that you come up with an idea, and everybody's like, it's great. Um, and then you guys get, like, three weeks in, and then you show it to the brand and they're like, oh, that's not necessarily what we want. Hmm. But it is what we want. But then there you have to go course correct. There you have to rewind all the shit that you already did, remix it, make it new, whatever. But that, that's, a, that's a lot of like what we do at, in the advertising world, in the creative world. Um, hmm. But it's, it's a lot of like answering what the client wants and then also being satisfied with yourself and with your team and what you guys personally want. Absolutely. Um, I got two questions for you, actually, a two-part question. One, do you believe creativity is a muscle, like something that can be worked on to expand and grow? And part two, the fact that you are in such a creative role, um, it can get, probably get taxed into always coming up with ideas. What do you do to restore yourself? What do you do to um, uh, recover after you may go through like a really taxing time period? So luckily for humanity, all of us are born with an imagination. Unfortunately, some of us lack the ability to even think imaginatively for longer than like their childhood. So I do think that it's a muscle that you do have to exercise. Mm. Um, there's books to exercise it too, which mm. I do own. Um, and what's the name of like the most famous one? I have it. Um, I'll send it to you. But uh, there's there's definitely, like, creativity exercises. There's so many different things. And then um, reading is the main thing. Like, shit that I learn and all these facts that I read contribute to so much of my creativity. Mm. Like, the more you know and the more information you have, the better you'll be able to make new things. Because you'll know what people are interested in, you know what's doing well. You, like It'll help direct your thinking in so many different ways. I look at like anything, like the fact that like that, um, those wires are sitting on that, like that great thing right there, mm-hmm. that's an installation in my mind now. Um, mm-hmm. I've walked into like random things and like seen like a gradient of like like a wall like sorry a ceiling that was like facing down like like it was like leaning down like mm-hmm. on an angle and that inspired an entire pitch that we made because mm-hmm. I was like we could make that into like a drop down thing but whatever um, there's inspiration in everything you just have to be constantly tr- willing to learn and trying to learn and the more that you know like I just said is the better that you'll be able to make new things and then in order to like revitalize that and keep that you have to take breaks and like. Sometimes I can't come up with shit. Sometimes like I 
I, I could spend like two months literally like getting briefs and briefs and briefs and briefs and like all my coworkers would have to answer them or like I'll come up with like something really tiny. Like it's, 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 um, it's taxing to uh, have to deliver that all the time. Mm -hmm. But, and it does happen where you're just like, your brain is, isn't giving you what you need. But then, you know, vacations are definitely a real thing that people do need. Like you do need breaks. You do need to like remove yourself from those settings um, in order to keep delivering and also continue to learn so you can continue to keep delivering. So those are two things that, are, that play a major role in like keeping up. Learning and then respecting your own mental health and your own like, peace because if you don't have that then that's fly absolutely i wanted to ask um budget um versus comp concept mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. how do you maneuver through that is it kind of let's think as big as we can and then see if we could fit as much as we can into the budget or is it vice versa is it so budget my... and let's dream big as much as it allows us to? yeah so my job and all of my other producer co-workers jobs is to walk into rooms with creatives and kind of work with them like also come up with our own shit but um work with them to make everything that they want to make realistic right. so i'm kind of like the dream killer because i can look at things and i can tell you how much they cost um and that's just part of my job and that's where like budget and like concepts all meet in like in our department's brains. Um, so all of us are always like whenever there's a brief, there's always one of us in the room and we're always able to walk in and be like an expo market cost a two dollars at whatever. Like like just just putting these numbers together and like being able to just off the top of your head say like that's not doable or this is doable or like we need this amount of time for this. Um, but like sometimes you get a really dope brief that it's like think limitlessly and that's when like the crazy creative oh. comes out and that's when it's dope. But then usually those things don't really come to life because nobody really has an endless amount of money. Um, mm -hmm. And when they do have an endless amount of money, they're very strict and very like straightforward about what the fuck yeah. they want. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I technically like part of my job is to spend marketing dollars. So, you know, I we always try as like a department and an agency to like put the money to like the best use possible mm -hmm. um but it is whack that uh i have to be kind of like the dream killer for everybody so i have to be like nope can't do that nope mm. we cannot fabricate a cloud like come <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. which we've priced that out before um but uh yeah that's that's part of my job being able to keep everybody grounded as far as like what the possibilities are money wise Okay, that's dope. Yeah, Trav and I do that very often because yeah, exactly. we, we walk into an event and the first question like, is, "How much does this shit cost?" <laughs> oh shit? no, that's like my favorite. Like literally, yeah, like me, like time. literally every year, I'm like, hmm. "This should be a game show." You should yeah, be right. like, "Guess how much this shit costs?" <laughs> Matter of fact, we was going back and forth with the HBO, and we'll talk after. Oh, <laughs> we that's offline. Yeah. Um, but it, it, that was cool. Uh, oh, but um, yeah, it's it's part of my job to like know things off the top of my head, and then a lot of it is research and conversation. I have like a we have like a database of vendors and like, you know, vendors give their own prices and different vendors work different ways. So they'll cost you different amounts of money. Every mm. single different state or, or um, country has different rates and time periods. There's also rush fees, all these different things. But when it comes to like budgets and shit like that, I'm like one of the, I'm one of the people that's like all the way there with those. Mm. Absolutely. Um, one thing I found interesting too um, is how I feel like, and I might be wrong, but I feel like your work also affected your personal growth. 
Um, is there a marriage in between there where, like, you know, what you've done in your lifestyle, how you, you know, how you've grown up from, you know, being in the Bronx, 19, um, being in the, the party life, then starting curating the party life, then the transition into um, being an experiential marketer. Is there um, a, re- a relationship there where um, how your lifestyle con- really contributed to your personal growth? 100%. Um, if it wasn't for all of my experiences that I've had throughout my, like, you know, only a quarter of, like, an expected full life, whatever, um, have always, like, impacted uh, everything about me, like, down to, like, my taste, to the things that I like, to the things that I'm about, to the the music that I listen to, to the people that I talk to, the people that I don't talk to, Um, and that's just growth. That's just part of, like, growing up. Um, I used to go to um when i was like an, an underage party rat i used to go to a lot of like meatpacking clubs mm-hmm. um to go to go out and like drink and shit and i just all used to have blonde straight hair and i used to be really skinny and like wear heels all the time and like wore a lot of fucking makeup and now i'm the complete opposite of that now mm-hmm. you you have to drag me to one oak like i don't want to go mm-hmm. shout out to them they're doing their thing but it's like, like you know it's just not it's not like 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 it's it's not it's 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 just that it's not for me anymore um i've seen the light uh and um it's just it, it the more experiences you gain the more self-growth that you come across um and then like literally like you just become more cultured and and it, and it and it helps like get through life like you know i was just talking about this shit yesterday um like Everybody should be able to, like, number one, hold a conversation. Number two, sit at a dinner table and, like, know how to function properly within it um, and have, like, a certain little level of etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a standard. You should start with that. Um, and then from there, you should learn how to explore. And so I have another, another thing that I always talk about, which is um, feeling uncomfortable. Hmm. You should always feel uncomfortable. Like, my favorite thing is to go to places where I don't belong and then make them feel uncomfortable, too, while I'm feeling uncomfortable. I like to just pull up at the Carlisle, dressed, like, in Jordans, um, goop earrings, yup, <laughs> and a t-shirt, and then just plop right there in the corner. Yeah. And confuse the fuck out of the white people. <laughs> um, I'm like, what the fuck is this bitch doing here? But that's, that's, that's what we all should be doing. Yeah, we yeah. all should fucking be going everywhere. I love to just... Mm. I love to make myself feel so uncomfortable that, like, I want to leave and then just stay. Mm. Because if you don't belong, that's exactly where the fuck you should be. Because they don't want you there. They don't want you to have these experiences. And they don't want you to know what fuck is. And they don't want you to be able to order um, a, a Grand Cru wine appropriately. They don't. They mm. don't want you to, like understand that like these bitches are walking around with like $450 facial creams like that that should exist mm. um like you know like having and different skin's still stuff. terrible mercy um what i said they skin still be terrible exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. but so you know terrible. like that's why it costs so much um but like that that's like part of growth is is feeling uncomfortable and um dragging other people with you too like i um I love to, like, whenever I get, like, an intern or, like, somebody under me, I like to uh, make them do certain things. Like, I make them sign up for um, promotional blasts and informational blasts from different kinds of web- websites mm. of shit that they're not interested at all. Mm-hmm. Like, 
after you're done with me, you better know who Benji B is. You better know who Paul Cuckburner is. You need to know who Georgia Maroder is. Um, you need to understand like the contributions that um, Big L and Big Pun and um, Grandmaster Flash and all these other old heads have had on the world, mm. even beyond music. When you walk away from me and like you meet me, I need you to be more worldly. Like, and I don't need you to be fucking interested either. I don't care if you don't like electronic music. I do. Go listen to it. <laughs> Doesn't I'll matter. Look, but like, 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 not everybody grows up listening to to rock, and you don't have to like it. But you need to know you who the fuck Nirvana is. Yeah, yeah you need to be able to explore. Like, I meet young people, and it gets me so fucking frustrated. They're like, Nah, I don't like that. I'm like. How the fuck do you know you don't like it if you haven't tried this shit? Mm. Like, okay, cool, you don't like sushi, but um, one day somebody's gonna ask you for a business dinner and they're gonna wanna go there. You're gonna say, oh no, I don't. <laughs> you're gonna have to find a way to work around that shit. Exactly. You so you're gonna have to know how to order. order right. You're gonna have to know how to order what you actually like from that experience, mm-hmm. so you won't walk away disgusted or annoyed by it. I happen to love sushi and all kinds of raw products, um, but. It's very scary for me when people aren't willing to grow and make themselves feel uncomfortable because that just tells me that you're not willing to do what it takes to get yourself there. Like when I meet young people and like they're like, "Well, I don't like I don't I don't like electronic music." And I'm like, "So what the fuck do you think Vince Staples is doing right now?" <laughs> what the fuck do you think Kate introduced? Like 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 mm-hmm. well, not one of the people that did. There's so many. But it's just um it's this closed-mindedness that um is holding so many people back and they don't even see it. They just want to be great and they want to go there. But motherfucker, you can't sit at a dinner. Yeah, mm. just, Like, I, you know, like it's just... I get that because it really costs you nothing. It really doesn't. Like spending an hour learning 80 new different um, musical genres, it's not that hard. And you'll be surprised. There'll be shit that you'll listen to. Like um, one of my coworkers, she was writing... Um, <clears throat> a lot about hip-hop and we wanted her to start writing about electronic and i was like listen to these people i was like listen to unique she's a dj out of um jersey and she does uh jersey club and like a lot of jersey club and like baltimore club and um a whole bunch of like club music is like really upbeat fast and it has a lot of heavy touches of um hip-hop in it and i'm like listen to that come back to me and tell me what you think she was like this is tight. I'm like, I know. I'm like, <laughs> give it a chance. I'm like, <laughs> if you give something a chance, you'll be very surprised how much you like it. I started exploring with different genres of, genres of music, feeling uncomfortable in general, food, um, clothing, all these different things when I was really young. And I'm very thankful that I've always been like a very explorative kind of person because it's, it's taught me and given me a lot in my life. And like, I can sit with somebody and talk about like Metallica, like Master of Puppets, and I can like talk about how much I love like the police and all this other kind of shit and I can like Word. talk like because I genuinely do like it and like well Sepultura is like my general favorite go-to when it comes to like metal and rock I, I, I lean towards more that side because okay. um, my brothers and my cousins are all into that kind of shit um, but then you could talk to me about hip hop all day long and I'll be able to spit it right back I uh, have I'm, I'm very well versed in a lot of things because I'm that interested in it. And I genuinely love music. Like, you can't tell me you love music and that you don't appreciate um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. That's a genius fucking masterpiece. That motherfucker wrote that shit alone. Um, so, like, you, you can't be a lover of music or, like, a cultured whatever motherfucker and then not be able to 
talk to me openly about anything mm. and it's not just even in those sectors like i want people to like that that work under me or for me to be informed about like updates on technology i want you to understand the different kinds of algorithms that exist there's both bu there's bubble algorithm there's another kind whatever like i need you to understand Absolutely. how like the things that you're using work i need you to be able to know what what a what a standard DJ setup consists of. I need you to understand what a pioneer mixer um, and why you should be using the traditional setup and not a fucking tractor deck. Um, it's just it, it's just simple things like that. Like I, I I don't know. I just wish people would want to learn more and be more informed more. So that's like one of the things that I always try and implement when I get somebody because I'm like nah, we gonna learn. Like we both gonna learn because I'm always learning. Like I'm I'm like I'm discovering shit that came out years and years ago still today, and it's. It's, it's lovely to be able to talk to anybody. That's mm. another thing. Like, I can talk to anybody. Mm. I can talk to any motherfucker anytime about some shit that I've never even been to. Yo, Diddy's in trouble, y'all. Yo. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Call, call me. Call me. Sean Puffy Combs. Call <laughs> Sean me. Combs. Yeah. Sean Combs. Call that me. might be the next tweet. Like, yo, Diddy. <laughs> You might have to. Might no, have Diddy's to, like my uh, idol, yo. Like I love Diddy so much. So twenty five. What we what we always ask our guests um, before we wrap is when, before we go there. Oh. Let me just get one question in. What's up? Cool. Because people need to know this too, especially people who listen to in our audience. How important is this millennial generation from eighteen to thirty two? I believe is what they say it is. All right. How important it is to we are to culture to moving things forward to just you know um, just even our what we can do for ourselves and um, our e economic opportunities out there and what we mean, mean to corporate, to brands. How important is this movement right now, this generation? So I think that the reason why you're asking me this is because you know the answer. But um, our generation is the current uh, consumer, if you, if you may. Like, we're, we're the people that are just leaving college. We're the people that use the most products. Um, we're the people that are having other kids. Um, so as, as we get older, obviously, we're not going to be the focus. And mm -hmm. there's already a large focus on the generation that's next to us. Indeed. But right now, we are the, we're the ones that Jordan sells shoes to. We're the ones that snapback caps get sold to. Um, old heads buy shit. But they don't care about a new app that lets you make reservations. Right. Um, so all of the millennials' interest and all the money that we spend and all of the things that we're interested in are literally what's guiding the market. Like, for example, this water that I got here. Mm -hmm. I literally, the only reason, I don't care for this water. I don't really like it. I would rather Fiji water. But this promotes itself as purified electrolytes, whatever, but it has a balanced pH of 9.5 and it's ionized. Um, I particularly know what that means. And so do a lot of other millennials that care about that kind of shit. So this, this is marketed towards me. Uh. Um, and so is the camo shirt that you're wearing right now. That's not marketed to anybody else but you. Um, and that's just, we're... We're the focus of almost every single brand, except for people that are trying to sell like property, like real realtors aren't trying to talk to us, right. but everybody else is. Um, concerts, food, computers, applications, sneakers, clothes, nail polish. Everything is marketed towards us, and there's a reason. We're the ones that have jobs. We're the ones that are out there consuming. Um, we have terrible spending habits. Um, we're very likely to buy things that we don't need. Um, 
there's like an average like consumer rate at festivals um that we all get and so like all that people do every single year like every single year i sit down and i read um the nielsen report um on like where millennials are spending money or whatever and it's just always like it's like 150 like insight thing and like all of us get it and we all read it um and it's important we have to know who we're talking to even though if we are because there's 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 millennials in middle America that I've never met before. Mm. I don't know. I've never been white. So, like, well, they're, they're into other shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> she said I've never, like, there's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just, it, like, there's, you know, like, there's different ways to talk to black millennials. Different ways to talk to right. white millennials, Latin millennials, whatever. Um, so, all of our purchases and the things that we're interested are the, are the we, could, we could make something sink or swim. Mm. IHOP has a popping Twitter because we say so. Mm. Um, Target is thriving because we love Target. Uh, and we can, we can bring things down and we can bring things up. So we have a lot of power in like what society looks like. Um, but a lot of us are too ignorant to uh, realize that and to actually implement it and care about it and um, mm. make it happen. But I meet young people all the time that like give me so much hope. That like I'm like... All right, I'm like, I'm like, people are doing things like it's tight. Like you guys, like you could be doing so many different things. Instead, you're like, nah, we want to do our own shit and actually be about it and not just talk about it. Um, so like, I, I hate this like whole like I fuck with the vision crowd. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> Show up. Show up. Work for free. Do that. <laughs> people are always like, don't work for free. No, work for free. Cause that's how you do it. Like. Everybody wants all this money, but, like, if I'm going to pay you, why, why wouldn't I pay somebody that has experience? Um, um, what makes you special? If you work for free, come and prove to me that you mean it. I'm not saying go live your life like that, but I am saying that it's a necessity and that everybody needs that experience and that you're not that special. And that's another fucking problem that millennials have. Everybody thinks that they're fucking special. You're not special. You're not special. It's like, everybody's like, they should give me this. I'm so talented. I'm like, motherfucker, no, it's not. The saturation on that picture sucks. Like, <laughs> like, um, so like, <laughs> like, like, it's just like, it's like people, people think that they're so great and they're so talented and they're absolutely not. Like, I don't big myself up for shit, except for sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm looking cute. Um, but like, I don't like walk around like, I'm the smartest person here. You should totally like, listen to me. No. I know that there's way smarter people. I just, I'm confident about certain things and then I speak to what I'm confident about, but I don't think that I'm the fucking best. There's, yeah. I've, I've met the best. The best is alive and I know them mm. and I want to be like them. Um, and it's just, we have, a lot of, we have a lot of power and we have a lot of say, um, but we get in our own way. And that's because all of us um, have this confidence, this air about us, and then this lack of, like, goal-oriented thinking. Like, not all of us are going to be able to be singers. Not all of us are going to be able to be rappers. Mm -hmm. Not all of us are going to be able to own our own businesses. Um, And a lot of us think that we are. And that's another thing that I'm like, oh, word, you're going to be a rapper. Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. Um, So (laughs) it's just... just, um, this like everybody needs to just come back to earth step down for a second absorb absorb reality get a grip and work towards the things you want to be a rapper where i go get an internship at def jam 
What are you waiting for? Hmm. If that's if I wanted to be any kind of musical talent, I'd be trying to work for free for everybody. I'd be hitting up every single independent indie major record label and trying to be like, do you guys need somebody to go organize your mail? Um, like uh, that's what. But like young people are like, nah, listen to my mixtape. Fuck your mixtape. <laughs> you know how many motherfuckers got mixtapes? It's a fact. So like people, like young people, just like I feel like they're lacking this like strategic mindset on how to get ahead. And then mm. like a lot of motherfuckers ain't hustlers. And then a lot, of, a lot are. Yeah. And those are people that get ahead. And like it's just this. We have all the power, and then yeah, we don't see it or know it. I believe the same yeah. thing. That's L. Definitely. I could talk to Yaya for hours. <laughs> Yo, facts, facts. Oh, we don't have that luxury today. <laughs> but um, just, just uh, as we um, rap, we always ask, you know, what drives you? I know you touched on it. It's probably something else, though, that drives you. Wake up every morning. Um, definitely my family. Mm. Like, I, like I stated earlier. Um, but I'm from the Bronx. And like I said earlier, I dropped out. And I'm brown, and I'm an immigrant, and girls that look like me don't have my job. There's only one other girl in my company that looks like me, and I hired her. I was the one that like got her like that spot. Um, girls like me stay in the Bronx, work in clubs, get married, have kids. Girls like me go work in dental offices whatever you may have. There's different variations. And we need those people on earth because obviously that's the only way that society thrives, different levels of people and what they're interested in. But I really want to be able to say that like other women and men that are similar to myself can, can see me and they can, then they can say, okay, she did it, I can too. Because... I could have been on the block right now. I had so many chances to do that. Um, and through luck and like finding a little crack in the door that I could like run into, I didn't end up, it didn't happen that way for me. Um, and you know, choices definitely are a part of it, but um, I, wanna, I wanna be able to one day say that like I, I helped change somebody's direction in life. Um, and that like I, I impacted some choices that people made and that's 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 one of the things that drive me. I don't want I don't want people to look at me and say, Oh, she's just another another one of those. Mm-hmm. I, I I love them. Those are my people. I'll support them whenever. But um I wanna show them that there's a whole nother direction of life. That it doesn't end and start on the block, that it starts on the block. And then you could take what the fuck you learned on the block and you could go, go bring that in a boardroom. You could go bring that into your own startup. You could go bring that into your own content creating, creating series and that you don't have to limit yourself because you are from these places. And that's a mindset that a lot of people that come from where I come from have. That because they come from there, that's as far as they'll ever get. And that shit's fucking heartbreaking. Um, and it kills me. Like, it fucking kills me. Um, and I just, like, that's my dream. To like help other people that look like me and are interested in the same the same things that I am, to one day say like she did it, so can I. No matter what that is, if you like if you were just on the block the whole time and then you wanted to be a dental assistant, that's that's what I want to see. 
Because at least that's something. And it's important. And we need that service. And we need people like that. And, like, fuck it. Go work on the fucking MTA, man. Like, go feed your family. Go help somebody out. Provide a service to society that is that is helpful and and people can be grateful for. And and don't just wait for things to come to you. Um, and I, I just want young people to be motivated, and I want to be a part of that. Like I wanna, I wanna be a part of the inspiration for people that are really hardworking. I want one day for people to look back at our generation and be like, oh no, they were actually really hardworking, because we are. Um, and I just, I just, I wanna, I wanna inspire people to get out there and do shit, no matter what that is. Go do it. Stop waiting. It's never gonna come to you, ever. Always go, always. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, you yeah, guys yeah. are boosting me. I hate you guys. <laughs> no, I mean, like seriously. Like, thank you for sharing that information. Before you go, where can we find you on the uh, interwebs? On the interwebs, you can totally find me. <laughs> um, I am across all social media as OG Yaya. That's O G Y A Y A A. Um, I'm better on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I do have Snapchat, but I don't use it anymore. And yeah, holla at a player. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have to tweet her on a random day. No DMs unless it's for clothes. Yeah. I, I, if, if, if it's free shit, send, send it on DMs. But you know. That's a fact. Thank you again. We appreciate this. Thank That's you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. And I hope that people are also inspired by you guys. Driven. I like that shit. I, I mainly like the name. Dude, and you guys that. are tight too, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's fire, yeah. yo. Like we always say at this town. Stay driven, y'all. Stay driven, y'all. Yep.